0: everyone you are listening to the latest flyers talk podcast presented by great railing i am jordan hall and as always i am joined by the wonderful taryn hatcher we've got plenty more off-season chatter for you we're going to talk a little sixers as well we're going to tie it back to the flyers i think we have a fun question for fans taryn uh that will certainly spark debate but first we're going to start a little nhl awards talk right now taryn there's a lot of nhl awards being unveiled A lot of the major ones will be unveiled during the Stanley Cup final, but some other notable ones have also come out. Uh, The Selkie trophy being one, the Masterton trophy being another. As we know, Oscar Lindblom won the Masterton trophy, the award given to a player um, with the most perseverance and dedication to the sport. Uh, We know what Oscar had been through, so it was really great to see him win that award, very earned and deserved. Uh, But Taren, no other Flyers were finalists for any other awards That's what happens when you have a season in which they did. So that is no surprise. But if we had to pick one flyer, Taryn, to to win another major award uh, or be the next one to win another major award, who would it be and what award? Who were you taking, Taryn? And it it can be coach. It can be general manager of the year. Anyone. Who who are you picking?
1: Well, if Chuck Fletcher gets the flyers out of whatever happened last season, he should get general manager of the (laughs) year. Um, cause there's some, some, uh, moves that need to be made. Um, I, 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 think AB's got a long way to climb to get back in the Jack Adams conversation. Cause to be honest with you, like, I, I know it's not really on him it's not entirely his fault or maybe even his fault at all, but, um, the, the lack of answers. And I, I think if you really read between the lines, the, the, the clear frustration that he had and, if you really look back at post-game press conferences the way that we look at post-game press conferences where we like are hanging on to every word that they say and trying to dissect body language and everything else um you know he really seemed like like a parent with an ornery kid who couldn't figure it out like he tried tough love he tried being soft and gentle he tried not saying anything like he really tried all these different approaches and none of it really seemed to to do much for the team. I don't know if you can really blame him for that. So it could be interesting to see if they bounce back, like what kind of credit he gets Um, because his, his tinkering the year before did work. I think it was key in the flyer success. I I think the most likely um, anyone involved in the program to get back to award status has got to be Sean Couturier just because he can do it on his own, you know, and, and I don't really know where this team's gonna be next year, but one thing that's for sure is is who finds a way. And um genuinely, I, I think if it wasn't for his injury at the beginning of the season and, and the team just not doing anything around him, if he had played on a different team this year, I would have been interested to see how his production and the way he played this year would have been considered in the eyes of you know, everyone voting. Um, but he didn't. So <laughs> he wasn't in consideration this season. No. But yeah, like there's not a Norris Trophy candidate on this team. There's not a Vesna candidate on this team. Um, What if they get Dougie Hamilton? Turn
0: he could win. I it mean,
1: <laughs> if they get, I was gonna say, if they get Dougie Hamilton, I'll throw a parade and give him my own award. I, like, <laughs> but um, but I heard, I heard rumblings that 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 they were in on that, and then they were not as in on that. And then, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know the legitimacy of see any of it though too. So, cause it's the yeah. off season and I'm kind of just like hearing what comes to me, but, yeah. um, I heard there might be some, some Jones interest, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think Coots is the most likely who, I mean, do you, is there even anyone else? Who are you thinking?
0: <laughs> no, like that honestly, it really is the one, like he's got to be the most likely to be up for the Selkie Again, like he has the best chance of getting that award, I think, among other flyers and other awards. And, Taryn, I'm with you. Like you can't miss 11 games in a shortened season and really be up for that award. Um, But if he doesn't get hurt, uh, I think he's much higher in consideration for the Selkie this year. I don't think he had a bad year. Some people thought he was – I thought he was pretty solid. Um, And he did receive a third-place vote, a uh, two fourth-place votes, and a fifth-place vote. Um, He's still second on the team in goals. And I think he was tied for, I think he was fourth in points. So uh, I'll miss 11 games. He was
1: not right. Like I I get, we all waited till the end of the season for some big announcement. Like that he needed some kind of surgery or something. I don't care what anybody says. He was not right. And he was still their best, but like his consistency, I have to go back and check my notes because I honestly like just flushed it all out of my brain. But like, (laughs) there was a stretch of games where like, he was just, he was, producing and producing and producing and producing and producing and there were a ton of games where like he should have gotten a secondary assist on his own goals like when no one else was doing anything he was kind of forcing himself to be productive so yeah sorry I I just when people knock Coots this year I don't really know what else you want him to do when he was he was not right the whole season after because that injury was basically like the very start of the season I don't think he was ever fully himself um, after that injury and on top of that like he, he was Mr. Fix-It for like one player at a time the year before and that I think works I think that does work for him he can do that but then he became like like it was just a sea of people who needed correcting. And he was kind of the guy who was still trying to correct everybody. And I, I think that could have easily worked to his detriment. And it really didn't like he was still consistent and solid. He wasn't able to shine the way he did before. But part of the reason he was able to shine is because he wasn't carrying the weight of 80 people on his back. And yeah. the season it kind of felt like he was. So yeah, sorry. I cut you off, but. Oops. no.
0: No, it's a great point. And you think about it, if, if the season was 82 games, he played 45. If it was a full season and he was healthy, he would have gotten close to 30 goals and, you know, yeah. probably 60, 70 points. Uh, that would have been a pretty good season. Uh, you, you're right. He wasn't healthy. He had two issues and, and he had to do a lot on a team that allowed the most goals in hockey. So that also brought down his chances. Taryn, I want to propose a fun one for you. And I think this is like...
1: You want to propose, Jordan? No, so, no, no, no. That's so <laughs> not appropriate for HR.
0: HR. No, I can't do that with Austin. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'll say Cam York, maybe he's up for the Calder Trophy next year. That would be fun. I think it would be fun yeah. for us. That, that would mean a rookie would have a really good year on a team that we cover. And I think the Flyers certainly would love that because that would mean Cam York is here. He's playing the full season. and. Possibly they're cutting down on their goals again. if Cam York's having a really good year. So maybe Cam yeah. York. That, that's, a-
1: that's a hopeful thought that I think is realistic <laughs> at the same time. Um, speaking of rookies, did you see Wade Allison like working out in front of stacks of hay up in <laughs> Michigan, I guess. Right. Um, made me laugh. I was just like, what a far way to come. to
0: Kids yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, tend to get better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is wild. Good for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think I think Cam is fun. I, I'm also very interested to see not technically kind of flyers, not really flyers. I'm interested to see what Ian Le Carrier can do with the Phantoms now. So, um, yeah, there's I think there's a lot of fun stuff going on with up and comers, um, which everybody who wants to win right here right now probably wants to like smack me in the face for saying that because that's been like I, I'm with you guys like that's been the last what seven years is like up and coming been coming yeah. prospects young yeah. guys um at some point it's like okay let's realize some full potential these guys are like 24 um not can wait is though it's like 23 um yeah. but yeah i think there's there's some fun youth to watch out for but again as we always have said this full past season in the summer i i It's going to be interesting to see even what this team looks like next year, given expansion draft and the outcome of the season and what Chuck Fletcher's going to do. So we shall see. Although I think, I think, you know, obviously Cam's safe from expansion draft. So no one needs to worry about that. So is Joel.
0: Yeah. Even talking awards, you're thinking if the Flyers go out and have a pretty big off season, maybe they get a big acquisition. Possibly those acquisitions could be up for a major award. I think the Flyers would love to see a defenseman come in here and maybe uh, be in the Norris conversation but where we I, started Dougie Hamilton Dougie Hamilton <laughs> Seth Jones come on in win the Norris so yeah. so we'll have to say but a fun chatter Sean Gatori certainly seems like the most likely to to be back into a major award conversation next season but we'll have to let it play out
1: can I just real quick do I feel like I kind of I don't know if you're gonna get this reference because like you don't you don't get certain um, music references but do I look like Michael Bolton right now this is I'm terrible really podcasting you don't, okay. You, you go on, I'm gonna find you
0: a picture I, I can't even say I know who Michael Bolton is. I'm guessing that's like a country singer? Um, nope. No, he's not. Copy, <laughs> no country. <laughs> Copy, no country. Um, all right, you look for that and I will get into Flyers Talk, is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking and fencing needs.
1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There are some things that
0: are too good to keep a secret.
1: Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: Well, Michael Bolton, as you... Yeah, you do a little bit. We have the same hair. Like... <laughs> you do. <laughs> that is good. I'm, I'm in might... this
1: part for social media. <laughs> yes, absolutely. tees for the podcast. Aaron Bolton. <laughs> oh, Wait. man. Okay, Sorry really run this ran this right off the tracks
0: (laughs) well we will get back on track here and look at two players that i think need to get back on track taryn travis sandheim and philip myers we're going to discuss which young defenseman and some people will probably argue they are no longer young has more expectations next year who has higher expectations to rebound and bounce back and be big time difference makers for the flyers travis sandheim or philip myers Taryn, I really think those two are kind of tied at the hip. A lot of people look at them in the same way in terms of what kind of players they need to be, who they can be as players. So the if you had to pick one of those two next season, uh, bigger expectations. Who is it, Travis Sandheim or Philip Myers?
1: I think Travis Sandheim has higher expectations, but I think Phil has the longest way to go from where he played this year. Okay. But I think Phil played very – again, my take, not confirmed, whatever – Uh, Phil, Phil in that first, it always stuck with me. Phil in that first press conference after his injury um, said, basically the doctor said it can't get any worse. So I'm just going to play through it. And I think he played through quite a bit of pain the whole season. Just my assumption again, like we haven't had a ton of access, obviously. So it's hard for me to like really get um, a lot of solid context that I feel comfortable being like, this is what I know for sure. I always thought he didn't look like himself this season. Uh, The criticism of Phil since he came into the league from everyone has been his highs are very high, his lows are too low, he has to even out, and I think this year he wasn't able to realize the highs of his highs because of whatever he was dealing with and because of just team defensive breakdowns top to bottom, Um, and I think his lows really got exploited. Um, So I think Phil has the longest way to go because that, that floor really fell out beneath him and he has to bring it back up. But Travis, I think people expect his highs to be higher than Phil's. Um, Travis is expected to be, I I think, a better player. I mean, Phil was this undrafted guy. He didn't, like, not on a contract like Travis's contract. It's a whole different situation. I think people pair them together because, one, they were a defensive pair. And, two, you look at them and they look like these towers that skate really well and you think they're the same player, but they're not. Like, Travis – I, there's more expectation on him, and he, you know he's a guy who I remember talking to Scott Gordon about. You know he was too offensive and pinching too much when he first came to the league, and then he reeled it in, and then he got to the Flyers, and they they liked what he was doing, and then they gave him more freedom, and then they thought he he could be a real contributing member of the offense, and this that, and the next thing, and then throughout the season it just kind of became like traps just play defense, like just be in the right spots, be doing the right thing. Um, A very uncharacteristic year for him. Um, So I think people, people expect Travis to not ever have the lows that they, that I think they will negotiate in their minds when they talk about Phil. But I think Phil has the longest way to go in that his, his lows were quite low this season. And I know Travis's plus minus in really bad games was oftentimes identical to Phil's because they played together. Um, so it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I, people expect Travis to finish. Le- like, well, obviously he's not the top D pair. So I, I'm trying to wear this best way I can. I think people expect Travis in that race to always be number one and Phil to always be number two.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so in that way, Travis's expectations are higher. But I think Phil is further off from where he should be to be number two right now, that makes sense.
0: No, it makes perfect sense. I'm with you. I think Travis Sanheim has more expectations just because he's a little further along in his career. He's got more games under his belt. He's a first-round pick. And I think the team just really needs him to take big-time strides to be a lot better, to prevent goals. Um, and they've seen him. They've seen him play well. They've seen him um show his upside show his potential and he had a tough year along with a lot of people on the flyers but i think if travis sandheim can really take meaningful strides and get back to the player i think we've we've seen over the past two seasons before this most recent one the flyers will be in a lot better shape i kind of feel for philip myers in a, in a way i just feel like there was a lot of pressure put on his shoulders very suddenly Uh, Going into this year, he had 71 games under his belt. That's not even a full NHL season. And when Matt Niskanen retires, all of a sudden everyone was deeming him as a possible number one uh, top pair defenseman next to Ivan Provarov. And I get it. It's it's pro sports. And uh, when you're a prospect that people start thinking highly of, uh, pressure builds. So I get that. But I felt like – and I was one of them. I was one of them that really thought very highly. I I felt highly on Philip Myers going back to when they got him as an undrafted free agent. I saw him in development camps. I saw him in camps, uh, training camps, I, and I liked everything about him. I thought he would be very good. But I don't. I want to be patient with him, as I am with Sandham. I think Travis Sandham's only 25. I'm going to be patient with him as well. But um, I felt like there was a ton of pressure on Philip Myers to be like a top pair defenseman and suddenly just blossom into this stud. And when in reality, he had 71 games under his belt. He had just started becoming a regular in an NHL lineup and Matt Niskanen retired. And people just kind of put him into this really tough, Hey, show us who you are right away. So I'm willing to be patient with him. I think he had a tough year, just like a lot of guys, but if I had to pick one, I'm going to say Travis Sanom, just because we've seen what he can do as an NHL regular people know of his potential and upside. And he's a little further along in his career where it's, and also he's going to be on a new contract, Terrence. So that, you know, he's a restricted free agent. He's going to have a new deal this year where people are going to start looking at that and say, Hey, show us why we're paying you. Show us why you were a first round pick. Um, Get us back into the playoffs. I think Sandheim for me is, is the guy.
1: And and I just on, on the note of the um, Phil Myers potentially being uh, like a number one pairing. I'm sure we discussed it at some point on like Flyers pregame live and on the podcast. And someone can tell me if I'm being totally hypocritical of something I said before. I did always think that was kind of a, an excited fan base who saw a lot of potential. And I was always fearful that that was going to be an overprojection that did come back to light. I, that was always something I was concerned about because when I would talk to, you know, like my people that I have in place with the team, even throughout the weird COVID year, The sense that I, I very much got was, um, you know, like we just got him to where we want him to be last year and that was kind of a happy surprise and we don't want to pump the tires too much and and then it's kind of, everything gets out of control and, and he's in a worse off place because people thought so highly of him. Like we just wanted him to get to this point. And he got there last year. And we kind of just want him to be at this point and then take like small steps forward. And it seemed like a lot of people were ready for, can he make a leap? He he could make a leap. He could be this thing. He could be that thing. And I, I kind of, the vibe that I got internally from people was that there was some real hesitation about that being the expectation for him. Because he was, even at the AHL level, like when I talked to Scott Gordon about certain things, There was a certain amount of unpredictability of he's got these great raw materials, but you don't know consistently how he's going to put them together on any given night. And then he did get consistent. And that's how he got NHL call-ups. And then there was a concern about being, again, like the lows are too low. The highs are very high, though. Let's get consistent at the NHL level. And I think he did get there, but not like he had a ton of work under his belt doing that. And then all of a sudden it became, could he be the guy with Krovarov, And could he be this? And could he be that? And I I think they were just in such a bad way with trying to replace Matt Niskanen that it was a very hopeful thought that came from like a very good place. And based on real, I mean, real evidence of what he was able to do the year before. But I I was always based on the internal vibe that I got, I was always kind of hesitant about that expectation for Phil. and especially once we saw how bad the lack of practice time got and how bad, truthfully, the forwards got when it came to their defensive assignments, that became a very scary thought, is that, like, like with all the tinkering, are you going to put Phil and Proby together? And then they have no chemistry, and Phil's still kind of figuring it out. And I think he, he's figured it out at a level that shows true potential but i it's, i don't think phil has the nhl i don't think he came into this year with the nhl completely figured out no. especially my my experiences with him from 2019 2020 um just seeing like how devastated he was when he didn't make the big club right off the bat that year it was pretty evident to me that everybody was sort of like you're going to get there but you're not there yet and that always stuck with me that Bill went from this guy that everybody was like, you're going to get there, but you're not there yet. And, um, sorry. And to being a guy who everybody thought would be with Ivan Progrov on the top pairing, it just was a big leap for me.
0: Yeah, and I think it. these are reminders that not everyone is Ivan Progrov. Not everyone is a first-round pick, 19-year-old, gets right into the NHL. And doesn't have a ton of growing pains. It took Pro Rob probably 15 to 25 games to really look comfortable at the NHL level on a consistent basis. And he became the guy very early. Uh, he became relied upon very early um, and didn't have a ton of hiccups. He had some, he had some moments and anyone can remember those. A lot of people remember his game in Chicago when I believe he was a minus five and they got blown out. And he, he had um, a moment where he fell and uh, it resulted in a turnover, but not everyone's iron route where you get comfortable very quickly. Uh, and it kind of reminds you, Philip Myers was an undrafted guy and could take some time. Could take some time for him to really um, realize all his tools, realize all his strengths, the nuances to the position of being a defenseman. Uh, but I'm willing to be patient on Philip Myers, and I'm very willing to be patient on Travis Sanheim. But uh, the Flyers need both those kids to be better, and particularly Sanheim, who's going to be coming – Uh, into the season with the new contract. We'll have to see what contract he gets, but uh, both will be relied upon for sure. But Taryn, let's get into our cold brew check presented by Duncan. And I think it's a very fun one. Um, The cold brew check presented by Duncan, which flyer Taryn is in the most Ben Simmons-like situation? Ben Simmons, I think hands down right now is the most polarizing athlete in Philadelphia. I'm not sure you can even argue that. Uh, There's no Carson Wentz in Philly anymore, so you can't argue Carson Wentz. But a very polarizing guy. We know what he just did in that second-round playoff series against the Hawks. A lot of people are doubting his future. Um, I I think you see some people still very high on Ben Simmons, but then you see a lot of people just really starting to give up. Taryn, if you had to pick a flyer that's in the most Ben Simmons-like situation, and Nolan Patrick certainly comes to mind, who is it for you?
1: Um, It's not Nolan Patrick. Uh, for me, the whole time I was watching Ben Simmons, like throughout the past few games, I just kept thinking of Shane Goss' bear, um, because a lot of clearly what Ben's struggles are, have been mental, which is something Shane's openly addressed. Um, I think Shane a few years ago really had people thinking like top deep pair, offensive guy, great on the power play, like all these, there's so much going for him. Um, and kind of one of the knocks of Shane has always been like, but he's not like the part of the game he's the best at is offensive. He's a defenseman. And when you look at Ben, like his point guard, he can't shoot. So there's like certain um, likenesses there for me. I, I do think Patrick's in the same thing where you constantly wonder, like, is this the last time we're going to see him on Flyers uniform? Yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. But I think the same thing's been true for Shane. I mean, we talked about Shane trade rumors every single season, before, during, and after the season and you know what can you trade him for right now and if he performs this way what can you trade him for then and that's the conversation with Ben right now is could you trade Ben for like a pack of flaming hot Cheetos right now I don't know that you could and and there were thoughts that at certain times Shane Stock had really nosedived and then this year he brought it back and I I think that there's a a much stronger Shane comparison there I, I do think that the thing that's um comparable with Patty and Ben is that, you know, two guys who came in with incredibly high expectations and both of them, you feel like if, I think most people feel like if you let them go and they're successful somewhere else, you're gonna be really, really salty about it. But why can't they reach their potential here? Are they just not a good fit for the situation? Like there are certain similarities, but the Ben Simmons comparison to me immediately always makes me think of Shane Goss' bear, um, mainly at this juncture in time because of the mental aspect of it. And I think a lot of Ben's struggles this playoff series have been mental. And I think Shane's game got a little bit derailed, well, got derailed when mentally... It felt like the ground started to quake beneath him, and he couldn't quite find his his um, balance. Um, but I think you could argue Shane Shane bounced back, so yeah. <laughs> hopefully Ben bounces back. But um, yeah, I, I think Shane. I heard somebody make a Lindros comparison the other day. I'm not a big fan okay. of that one, but yeah, I, they there's two. They're too dissimilar to me. Um, in that, like, like Eric was more. Joel Embiid to me, but I don't know, to each their own.
0: No, I, I, I see that. I definitely do. Nolan Patrick I certainly see as well. Like they're kind of – the him and Ben Simmons are di- divisive for sure in this sense that some people love the player and they love the person and they're they're, they're loving the potential still, and some people are starting to just – patience is wearing thin. Um, a guy I thought of, Taryn, was Travis Connecty. I see a lot of similarities there. In the sense, they're both 24 years old, and Konechny has been an all-star, just like Ben Simmons. He's had regular season success. We've seen him kind of turn into a player, but he hasn't done it in the playoffs yet. Uh, and a lot of people now are rem- are remembering Travis Konechny for his 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs, in which he had zero goals in 16 games. Uh, so I think the jury is still out on Travis Konechny, very much like it is out on Ben Simmons. Uh, people don't believe he's really become a player, or he's gotten better yet. Uh, with Ben Simmons, Travis Konecny is kind of similar. He's had some solid reg- regular season success. He was the All Star in 2019-20. Uh, before that, he had a couple of 24 goal seasons. So you see, you see it, you see it, but you haven't really seen it get to its apex yet, or at least what people are hoping for these players to be. And I think there's still a lot of pressure. And they both have kind of similar contracts. Ben Simmons also makes a lot more money because he plays in the NBA. It's a different sport.
1: $30 million. Yes. $30 million. $30 where I think the
0: contract is like, I think I'm almost positive, it's six years, $33 million over the course of the six years. Where ben is Sim- it? Is that it? Yeah, I'm almost positive. I actually have it right here. Yeah, it's six okay. years, $33 million so the average annual value is about five and a half <laughs> um, where Ben makes about, I think 35 million a season um, with bonuses, I believe. Uh, so, but they do, ha- they, they do have their contracts. They have their long-term security and people still want to see them fulfill it. And uh, I, I just think a lot of people in Philly still doubt Travis Konecti. is he a, Is he an all-star? Is he a 30 goal scorer? Is he a guy you can rely on? Or is he more of a guy that's like, you know, he's going to give you good depth? Is he going to be more of like, I'm going to be one of our best players, but not be the player, um, which reminded me a ton of Ben Simmons and and all people wanting to see both those players take that next star-like jump uh, and improve on some of their flaws. So Travis connecting for me, is more of like the most Ben Simmons-like guy and maybe a guy that if he doesn't really start to develop or take that next jump. I don't want to say develops. I think Travis Kinecki really has developed. I think he's developed into one of their better players, but is he going to become a star, which I think a lot of people want Ben Simmons to be. And is is he a star? I I Um, think Travis just came into the year out of shape this year. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, maybe if he doesn't start to develop into that star like player, maybe, uh, maybe his name starts to pop up in trade scenarios, just like it probably will with Ben Simmons. How, uh, how, tied to the hip will the organization be with that player um I don't think Travis Konechny is in the realm of Ben Simmons like in terms of polarizing and the organization maybe thinking about giving up on him and and parting ways and starting to find a trade partner I think the the organization still really likes Travis Konechny but I could see it eventually getting there so Travis Konechny for me is that is that guy
1: yeah Yeah, I think it'll I think it'll be, this year, I think it'll be very, um, I think you'll, this year will be incredibly important for Travis it I think in the eyes of the fans too, primarily probably, and well, no, for everybody, but I think it'll be, this year will be important in the eyes of the fans because last year, I know so a bunch of times, I think he came in out of shape through no fault of his own, Ontario, I, I think he spends, his, or I think he spent last offseason in London, Ontario. I could be wrong, but he usually is up where he's from in London, Ontario. And I know that he had made it pretty clear that like, it was not, it was no small task to try to get ice time and try to, you know, do these simple standard workouts. Um, and he kind of made jokes at, not made jokes, but he did kind of own it. I asked him what did what you learn about yourself over the course of quarantine? And he said that my metabolism slowed down and I'm not as young as I used to be. And I think that was probably something that he struggled with. It does hit you at a certain age that, like, oh, I can't, I can't go eat a bowl of pasta and then run six miles immediately afterwards. And I wonder if you went through that this past year. Um, but I thought after, he, after the COVID break, it took him a while. And then I do think he played his way into shape towards the end of the season and we saw him play better when he did. So I think next year will be interesting. It'll be incredibly important for him to show up, be sharp, be the player he was at the start of 2019, 2020. Um, and if he does, I, I think he'll be fine. The other thing that Travis, I think, has to his benefit that Ben does not is travis kind of wears his heart on his sleeve on the ice and off the ice and ben kind of seems um disconnected like that was a big criticism of just people when i'm out at xfinity last night watching game seven or i'm wherever i'm at um people are just like he just doesn't seem like he cares um you know they both play a lot of video games in their off time but travis comes into a post-game press conference and he's like person about how bad he sucked if he played bad and he's out on the ice and he's vicious and he's annoying and he's, you know, and I think he embodies Philly in that way that he is not he is as invested in himself as I think a lot of fans feel like they are invested in him and he shows it. The interesting thing with Ben is that he seems very disconnected, especially this series. He, he seemed scared, but he also seemed disinterested on a certain level, which again, I'm sure is not true, but that's how it reads, and that doesn't sit well with Philadelphia people because we are anything but disinterested. Like we are so interested. Um, so I think, I mean, honestly, another another Ben comparison, but not in the trade sense. I I think is Carter. Yeah. I mean, Carter was an incredibly polarizing figure this year, and why he mentally couldn't get it together, this, that, and the next thing. I, I think Carter was there's there's different people who mirror different aspects of the Ben Simmons situation and I think in terms of polarizing Nolan and Carter would be at the top when it comes to the trade stuff I think it would be Shane and when it comes to the you need to realize your potential it probably is Travis you're totally right yeah
0: no that's a great point about connecting like he is a flyer he is Philadelphia in so many ways like you don't you can't question his effort or care you see him out there Taryn He. I always call him like the energizer bunny. I just think he's constantly uh, being nasty. He's constantly getting under people's skin and he's a good player to boot. Whereas, Yeah. I think with Simmons and even Nolan Patrick, he you wonder if those players and their relationships with the city, with the fan base is starting to strain. Uh, I think you could certainly argue that with Nolan Patrick. Uh, I think a lot of people doubt whether he likes being here in Philadelphia. I don't know if he's really there yet. I just simply do not know. Um, but yeah, you you can see that in similarity. I think people doubt yeah. if Nolan likes anything. That's <laughs> very true. Way, yeah, he's we That's all just know who him. he is.
1: Like, I mean, I as a reporter, I used to sit there and be like, oh my God, what 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 can I even what is left to ask that he's not going to immediately be like, I don't even want to talk to you. Right now.
0: Yeah. So. I remember you know, we, it is what it is. Yeah, it was his first development camp, but he was out because he it was right after his, it was his draft year, 2017. There was development camp. It came out that he had core muscle surgery before it, so he'd be out. But we still got a chance to chat with him. And that was the first thing I learned about him was, yeah, he is – he's not talkative, not a ton of personality. He's to himself. He's well-coached in in the whole media regard. He made a couple dry quips, like dry humor type of things. But that's just who he is. It's not – I don't think it's because he – he's grown to hate Philadelphia now. I think it's more like, that's kind of who he is as a person, Taryn, as, as you've learned. Today.
1: Yeah, I do think he has personality too. Yeah. Like based on what other guys tell me, like he is apparently very funny and like great dry humor and everything else. I think he's just so unimpressed and uninterested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm okay with that. But I'm like, dude, I'm I'm also contractually obligated to talk to you right now. So <laughs> I just need you to give me like, Five words. Just give me a subject and a verb in sentence, and I will get out of your hair. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, us, us media folks, we like personality. We like people that give us these great, Ugh. awful um, answers. And yeah, like, no one's never really been that. That's okay. And um, I,
1: I, I don't like when Jake Borachek like embarrasses people. But give me Jake Borachek cursing, cursing me out after a game. At yeah. least you, you know. Actually, some of his sentences don't have subjects and verbs, but I appreciate Jake's responses regardless. Yeah. He he means it. Yeah. <laughs> he's, and he's there. He's very present. Nolan's just like, get away from me right now.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's truly <laughs> been pretty much since day one. He's he's just um, had a warming. And he doesn't have to be our best friend, you know? Like he doesn't. Um, and that's like none of the players have to be our best friends, but some some people are just a little more talkative, a little more personable. Maybe that's not Nolan Patrick, but. It's more fun when you're,
1: like, I, I don't need to keep, I'm sorry I keep cutting you off, but, like, no. like I look at Scott Lawton and, Mike, like, when Michael Roffel was here, we we had so much, Kevin Hayes, same thing, we have so much fun with some of the stuff we do, like, especially once they get friendly enough with you where they'll be like, can I take your mic? And I'm like, yeah, and then they go do something. Like, yeah. it's the best, it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. But then, yeah, you're right, there's just other guys who are just, I'm not here for it. I don't want to talk to you. Um, I'm trying to think who else is kind of, Provy Pro-V used I'm to be like that, but Provi's gotten very, very personable, like very, very, very like media friendly, I think yeah. in the past two years. Um, and I'm trying to think there's not really, I mean, Phil doesn't really want to talk to us.
0: Yeah, he's a little quieter.
1: Sandhye will talk to me if Travis Konechny is with him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when the
1: Travi are together, they're very funny. Yeah. They made me, this is just, an hour are off on tangents, but um, fun story for the road. They made me incredibly late to a game um, in Ottawa and TK was my arrival interview. And our producer, Brian Cooper, is very like punctual and when it comes to work, I am always like twenty minutes early. Like I'm very punctual about work. Everything else in my life, I'm like, forget about it. But work comes first. I'm very punctual. And um, in Ottawa, well, now I now we can't take the team bus anywhere. But in Ottawa, they have a shuttle bus from the hotel that'll take you to the arena. And I was like, great. I reserved a shuttle bus for whatever time I need to get to the game. And TK, Kevin Hayes, and Sanheim. Um, Wanted to stop at Starbucks and the big team bus wouldn't take them to Starbucks. So they were like, Hey, can we hop in the shuttle with you and go with you since Travis is your arrival interview anyway? And I was like, Yeah, sure. But if you make me late and I can yell that, I swear to God, I'm throwing all of you under the bus. (laughs) And they were like, Kevin Hayes was like, Blame me. I don't care. Whatever. So we all get in the shuttle and we go to this Starbucks. And I swear to God, they were in the Starbucks so long. I would like, and I didn't get anything and I was like guys if you don't get like I don't and I think they all ordered black coffee so it really wasn't their fault but I was like I am now so late that my producer is texting me like where are you we need to get this done where are you and I'm having to tell him like I I reserved a shuttle on time and now the Travi and Kevin Hayes (laughs) needed to stop at Starbucks and ask whatever and we got there and I think was mad at first and then we went to the medium meal and i was explaining to him what happened and he started laughing so hard he was like you know what next time tell them to mobile order <laughs> like, okay <laughs> and um yeah i'll never share a shuttle bus with any of them again i like, was gonna say yeah <laughs> and they're and they're still early but i'm late so i was just it's like bad. whatever fine. and then the a whole meet the whole arrival interview travis connect was just like sipping on his starbucks coffee and i'm like
0: New yeah, turd. not a problem in the world. New <laughs> so yeah, fun stuff. Fun stuff indeed. Uh, and a very fun topic. That was our cold brew check presented by Duncan. This season, be sure to grab a cold brew for game time because where there's hockey, there's Duncan. Well, Taryn, this has been fun. We tied in a little Sixers talk. We talked Flyers all season. We talked NHL awards. I know we're definitely excited for the offseason. season. Uh, as July gets closer, all those important days like the expansion draft, the entry draft, free agency. But we'll have plenty of chatter all week, every week, uh, as this offseason continues and as Philly sports fans uh, want to hear every anything and everything about their sports teams because we know uh, the Sixers are now done and they're headed into their offseason as well. Well, Taryn Hatcher, thank you so much. As always, that's a great face you're just making. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but our producer Ben just put into the group Taryn why are you being so, so weird you know what there's you guys can't see it but I'm painting something in here and I think the fumes are like getting to my head I
0: was gonna say it could be the fumes um yes. stay away from the paint chips if you want to see Taryn's funny faces watch it on YouTube you can definitely see oh it. my god
1: the whole thing is gonna be on YouTube
0: <laughs> <It> <laughs> I is. forgot yes it is <laughs> <laughs> so check Taryn out on YouTube and wherever you get your Flowers Talk podcast. Ben Barry, our podcast producer, thank you so much. Oh my God, I'm so mortified. And Flyers (laughs) fans, as always, thank you for listening to the Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, anywhere, Art19, thank you so much for listening. Subscribe and rate. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time. Michael Bolton (laughs)
1: out.